Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your go-to resource for all things pipeline and revenue production in the tech sales world. Technology marketing, sales development, sales, and revenue operations have combined to create the go-to market engine fueling the success of SaaS startups and established companies alike. Each week, the Sales Development Podcast dives deeply into the strategies, tactics, people, processes, and technology that fuels the revenue machine. The Sales Development Podcast is brought to you by Tenbound. Get more free resources, insights, and intelligence today at tenbound.com. And be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am joined today by David Craig, Sales Development Manager at 1-800-ACCOUNTANT. And David, did I get that correctly? 100%. Yes, you did. And you go by DK. I do. I do. I've been called a lot worse. So whatever, David, DK, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. There's too many Davids out there. Can you have too many Davids though? I don't know. I don't know. But there are a lot of Davids. So typically in a room and someone yells David, a small percentage of their turn their heads. So that's why DK works best. DK. And just a quick background. You've worked with some of the other guests that we've had on the podcast and the sales development world is sort of a fraternity sorority, if you will, of hardworking people. So you knew David Ash and Ingo. Yes, Ingo Dante Udom. And I could say his name pretty quick when I started working for him. I was like, I'm never going to get this. Uh, but Ingo Dante Udom, he gave me my start in sales development. Dash, even to this day, is my mentor. Like, yeah, they're both amazing individuals. And it was kind of cool. I've been watching your show a while. I've, been, I've met you back at 10 Bound out in San Francisco. I've, you know, kind of a longtime fan, but an admirer of you. But to see some of the people within my sphere that have influenced me directly be on this show and share some of their wisdom with others was really gratifying to see. And it's a little surreal that I'm actually getting to talk to you right now. So yeah, I oh appreciate it. Dude, I learned so much from these. I mean, this is how you stay relevant in the market of learning from professionals like you. How did you get into sales development and get to be the manager of this company? I'll try to be as succinct as possible. Years ago, and I'll just say years ago to keep a number out of it, I was a director of operations for the world's largest commercial cleaning franchise company, which is Janneke. And I worked hand in hand with our sales partners, but my sole purpose was customer retention, customer success, making sure that everyone was pleased, kept our cancellation rate low. And I went from kind of a grunt all the way up until the director of the department and had several of managers rolling up to me, et cetera. So I had a bunch of leadership experience, but often I would be called out too large when we were going out to give quotes, or maybe when they were trying to sign a big client, they would actually go ahead and bring in the support team for the introductions. So that team knew who they were going to deal with on a day-to-day. So I would bring myself out as well as some of my operations managers out there and we'd meet. And through this process, I was watching with a side eye the sales process. And I was always a bit envious of it. I'm like, they get to go set them up, tee them off, get a nice commission check, and then move on to the next one. And I was left to take care of them for the next year or five years or whatever it was. My attention turned to sales. And then with the time, I'll say it was around 2013 at the time, I said, tech is where it's at. And I really need to consider the industry I'm in. I decided to leave a director of operations role and go and be an SDR. And I've told this story. People are like, are you out of your mind? And I'm like, well, I'll just say that monetarily, it's not as crazy as you would think. 
I saw the potential of being an SDR. I was petrified of it, but I went in and my older sister, Jillian Kronfis, who's actually been part of many sales organizations, but always one of those top tier executive sales reps. She was working at a company at the time called Level 3 Communications. And she said, DK, you've got to get over here. This is where it's at. I think you're going to shine. You just be you and you're going to do great. She ringed up a guy named Ingo Dandiyudam who gave me an interview and for whatever reason, decided to hire me. And it was my first sales development job. And I came in and the first... I was just slipping all over the floor the first month. I was like, what did I do? This is insane. I can't tell you how many times he like took me aside and said, listen, you got this. It's okay. I believe in what you can do. Look at what you've done and the other things you've done. You can do this. And just taking time to learn the craft. And you got to think, 2013 was 10 years ago. So we're in a different world now than we were then. And we've learned so much and we've come so far just as a tribe or a community, if you will. But back then, it was really just kind of sink or swim. You get in there, you learn it, you lean on your teammates. And that's when I got into this. I was an SDR for Ingo for the better part of, I think, two years. Then he wanted to start building a talent bench and for coaches. And I became a peer coach. And then from that point, he wanted to expand and build out the sales development manager team under him and expand. He considered me and asked me if I was up for it. And I said I was. And I was able to tap into my leadership skills and skill set that I had from the previous life. And I applied some of that applied and some of it was a learning curve. But I really got just so much education and so much value out of working with him and my teammates there at what was Level 3 then became CenturyLink and now Lumen Technologies, all one big company. But I spent eight years there with Ingo and then eventually moved on and took a lateral move and went over to Dell Tech, where I worked side by side with some great teammates, but worked under David Ash, Dash, as we call him. Mm. You know, I said I was going to keep it short and I've already lied to you. So I apologize to everyone watching, <laughs> but that's amazing. Really just organic. I didn't plan for it to roll this way. I loved the sales development aspect. I love tofu, the top of funnel. I love getting it all started and then watching it grow to fruition through our sales team. But I love coaching people. I love making people better. I love doing everything I possibly can to impart on them the things that people like Dash and people like Ingo have imparted upon me. That's how you pay it forward. I think that's how you keep this whole thing moving is to continue to share that. I've had full-time sales roles in the past in different industries. But it was hard to find the thing that you love going to work. You're not really going to work. You're going to that place where you make money, but you love doing what you do. And I think that's pivotal if you're going to be a successful sales development leader. You really have to love the maturation process of an SDR. And that's the thing that keeps me coming in every day. I'm curious. That's such a big leap to go from the director of operations into this tech sales world. What did you bring forward that's helped you to become a manager now from your experience that you had there? From my previous life experience, I dealt with a lot of people. I was a bit in the blue collar industry, so there wasn't very many white collar clients you'd meet. It was very much blue collar. The people that would come in and purchase franchises and we'd teach them how to be a business owner and treat it like a business and not a job. And I was able to take some of that and impart pieces of that in with the training, the education that I lean into with my SDRs and letting them know like, there's a bad word on my floor and that's the word just. You are not just anything. I'm just an SDR. I'm just this. And we've worked hard for a long time as a group, as a community to really amplify the value of a sales development team, a sales development rep, a sales development manager. Sales development, it spearheads 
so much of the growth of a company. We're the boots on the ground, right? We're the first voice heard half the time. And that first impression, you only get one chance at that. So that's something I've always tried to lean into. I've taken bits and pieces of as much as I've tried to tell the people in my former industry, look, this is your business now. You need to own your business. This is yours. We're here to help guide you and nurture it, but it's yours. It's the same thing when an SDR comes in, whether they're green or whether they're experienced. I look at it as a bit of a tarmac. The planes come in and take off and soar. The ones from long trips come in and land. I'm not one who identifies sales development as simply a starting point. I've seen a lot of successful sales development reps have long 5, 10, 15-year, 20-year tenures as sales development reps because this is their sweet spot. They have the gift of gab. They know how to do the digging, do the data mining, do the research, ask the right questions, and do those things and get that ball rolling for our sales teams. And I think it is, I think... I don't know if it's a fair assessment or not, but in my opinion, I think every person who has a strong desire to be in sales and have his career in sales should definitely start as a sales development rep, come in there and learn everything you can and get armed and get, for lack of a better term, just get prepared and be given that skill set and the tools that you need to know how to have conversations and not just talk at people and listen, use active listening and so many things that so many people don't really consider as part of a sales process. The sales process is not about us. It's about our prospects. It's about our customers. It's about understanding their needs and understanding what's important to them and where are the misses and where are the gaps, finding the source of the pain, the root cause of those things, and doing everything we can to deliver the value of our product and our team. And I am a big believer that people make the difference in this and just making sure they understand that when they sign the line with us, this is the value they get. And this is the support team that they're going to get around that to carry that over the line for them. They should never have to worry once they've signed with us. They have to feel like they're protected. They're surrounded with people who have their best interest at heart. And I think you could probably just spread that around with just about every company because ultimately what do they want to do? They want to expand footprint, but they want to make sure that they're delivering on the promises of their corporate culture that they've instituted in their people. Yeah. You kind of sound like a franchise owner. <laughs> I was gonna say but the, the franchisor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Franchisor, yeah. You feel it in your bones really. I just want to ask, have you seen over the course of your career the SDR role change or even what people think of sales development change? Or is it similar to when you came in? I think it's very different now. And I believe like many of my predecessors, like just about virtually everybody I've seen you interview coming from this role, this is just the beginning. I mean, it really is. I think we're getting more real estate right at the table. I am part of a fantastic, fantastic organization with sound leadership. And from the day I walked into 1-800-ACCOUNT, I was asked, what's important to you? In my interview process, what's important to you? And for me, I'm like, well, ultimately, I think everything you said it before, when you're starting an SDR program, you got to start with culture and you got to decide what kind of culture you want to bring. For me, everything I've done for every team I've led or I've been a part of, I want to be an example of the things I'm looking for. I can't just sit behind a curtain and go, do this, do that. And that's the way it's going to go. You got to be a part of that. You have to be the action in motion, the desired action in motion. So I was asked by this company, what's important to you? What do you want to see? What are your goals? And I'm like, look, if someone is, this is, you know, they're seasoned in life and this is where they want to land, I want to make this the best place for them to call their final work home. If this is someone who's just getting started in their career, I want to give them all the tools that they need. So when they step into the sales floor out here or anywhere else, they can take the skill set that they learn and carry it on into that next motion. It'll be a story they tell 
to you 10 years from now on this program. So, you know, I remember once upon a time, it's definitely one of those things where it's an opportunity to continue to give back everything you've been given and make a living doing it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's gotten harder to do sales development, or maybe it's just me in looking out in the world, but there's a lot more SDRs out there that are competing for attention. And there's a lot more companies out there. It seems like there's probably five companies that are competing with your company right now. How have you seen the actual role change in that time period? Are you using more tools? Is it more coaching? Is it more training? How is that? I can't speak for the world, but I will tell you this for me. It's a combination of the things you said. The maturation process of a sales development rep, even just the historical origin of them, of where we came from. Like when we were in our caveman days, we were appoint- we were telemarketers, we were appointment setters. We we're just going out there trying, we we're calling out of a phone book years and years and years ago. And I maybe not, but I'm old enough to have done that. I was just doing something else at the time. But there were people doing it that way. And tools and products have, and you know, obviously the advent of AI, there's tons of things at our disposal now. You have to really, I mean, you have to be in tune to and be open to learning how to use for the forces of good, if you will. I remember when I was an SDR for level three under Ingo and the first, we heard of a company called Conversica and Conversica was a tool we used that had an AI agent. It wasn't audible. It was virtual email. So they would basically get the conversation going with the prospect And then once they saw enough digital engagement with the prospect, she would say, Angie Grant was her name. So I'm going to send you over to my peer and team lead, David Craig. I would then take all the information Kavriska acquired and then lead into that with my conversation. Looks like Angie and you have spoken in the past and it looks like you have an interest in this and that. And now you have the ball rolling. Like Whereas years ago, you were the AI agent. You had to be everything all in one. So I think the growth of this role has changed significantly. I think the smart ones are the ones that are not afraid of the technology. I was going to say I didn't get to it, but I was petrified of it. I thought this thing's going to take my job. What am I going to do? They're not going to need me anymore to make calls and send emails. But in actuality, I don't think you'll ever truly ever replace the human factor or the human aspect. I think people need to be able to look in someone's eyes, a real person, be it Zoom or be it in person, um, and be able to look at someone and know the things they're hearing are coming from a trusted source and not just a virtual attendant, if you will. But if you use these tools properly, you can hedge your bets and leverage things and be able to amplify your output. Yeah. And hopefully it's taking away the grunt work. A lot of it. Yeah. Like you're saying, I mean, a few years ago, you had to do literally everything from finding the name and the email. And a lot of people are still doing that. I'm still doing it when I prospect, but you see a future where a lot of that grunt work will hopefully be taken off your plate so that you can really focus on the value added things that an SDR could do. I look forward to Dell Tech. We leveraged our sales enablement platform, SalesLoft. And I know I'm sure that you're well familiar with them and their program and their product. The sequences and everything else, I mean, they're not the only game in town, but I mean, it was a very strong tool. But anyway, the tool itself was just from the sequences and the cadences and everything else and the messaging. It did 90% of the grunt work for you. You went in and you created the messaging and that's where the human aspect, the human element comes in play. And we're able to then take the collaborative team effort and put it together and build out your emails and whatnot sequences and steadily track it and watch and see the traction you're getting and then make those follow-up calls. So yeah, a lot of that grunt work is now being taken care of. You mentioned something earlier, and I don't mean to sidetrack, but the tools are definitely a big piece of this for me. But I'm going to tell you that the human element is the biggest thing for me, and that comes into play when you have a coach. 
I've been so blessed to be surrounded by some just amazing people beyond Ingo, beyond Dash. I got a long list of people that I've learned from, people that have imparted their knowledge on with me, people that have been able to learn from me. You have that mind share. You do those things together and you collaborate. And if you're smart enough, you take the notes and you keep track of these things. You're like just amazed where you can apply all these things. But for my team, for me and my team here, it's coaching every single day, coaching. It never ends. ABC for sales is always be closing, but for sales development, it's always be coaching. Uh, yeah, always be coaching. Look for an opportunity to coach. And when they did something great, you amplify it. And when they did something where they could have done better as a coaching opportunity, David Ash 101. I'm telling you, there's just always a place for someone to learn something else. I have a few mantras that I've used as I've gone on, things I've stuck with. Back when I was working in SIS in the other industry, when I was an operations director, in our hallways, remember those motivational, in the 90s, and the 2000s, they had those motivational things, but there's one that caught my eye and I never <laughs> let it go. I walked past it every day and I always glanced at it. And it was a picture of like nine guys in that synchronized rowing, you know, and they're in a boat, one of those teams that, and it says, when there's no wind, row. And it never left me. It stuck with me because I would tell my SDRs, most of the SDRs I've had the experience to work with, they're part MDR, part SDR. They have to go out and prospect for their own leads. And then they have to go and take the marketing leads that come to them. Some days we're heavier with marketing leads than other. And I say, look, when there's no wind, you row. Do not wait. Do not wait for the leads to come to you and wait for it to rain. You got to go out and do a rain dance. You have to go out and find what you need done. I'm probably completely culturally off balance here, but as far as being politically correct, so I apologize for that. Again, it's just you have to do what you have to do to make things happen. Wait for training from your leader. Go out and seek it. Go find it. Go knock on your director's door, your manager's door, your peer's door and say, what are you doing that's making you successful? Where are the areas that you think I can improve and, and how can I get that done? What are some good sources? People are just afraid to ask. And I don't know why. Every one-on-one that I have, there's about, we don't do a whole lot of, hey, how you doing? How's the family? Yes, I care. But we can talk about that at lunch. Let's talk about you, your performance. Let's talk about your growth. Let's talk about what's your why. Is your why still in check? The reason you're doing what you're doing today have your goals changed? Are you still on track? If not, how can you get on track? How can I help you get back on track? I think when you do those things, when you say those things, people are receptive to it. And I think they understand if you say it enough and not just occasionally, they get the buy-in and they understand that you do care about them and you do care for their success and you want to see them grow. It's almost like the best day. There's two great days in the life of an SDR leader. And that's the day they bring them in and the day they see them go off to the next big thing. If that's their goals, if that's their desire to keep moving up the sales chain, you get to be a part of their history and a part of their story. You get to be someone they can always reach out to if they have questions. Coaching is everything. And the minute you stop coaching is the minute you get fat and happy. You're just happy with the way things are. Well, Mm -hmm. quickly, you'll realize you shrink and the world grows around you. Then you have to struggle to catch up. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot here. And I'm curious... You're bringing people in. It's uh, new recruits that come onto your team and then folks who have been around for a while. Is there a certain type of person who does better with the SDR role or have you noticed it can be just a variety of backgrounds? Oh, the backgrounds can be very, very top to bottom, but I do look for a few things. And if I could see uh, the listening audience, I'll see some nodding heads. You want people that are curious. You want people that have a fire 
in themselves, a desire to want to grow. You have people that are in a healthy way, not afraid of getting out there and just getting dirty, getting in the dirt and rolling around in it and saying, okay, this is what it's about. This is how I get there. I've found some amazing success. I don't know if I'm allowed to drop names or not, but I'll just keep her first name. Her name is Maggie. When I was at Dell Tech, I hired um, Maggie and Maggie came in and I think she had worked as a front desk manager, office assistant at a massage place, like a massage envy kind of place. She was an office manager for, an arch- I think, a construction company. She had never been in sales. She had never done an SDR thing, nothing. And she was very quiet, very timid. And... I don't know. I remember when I interviewed her, something about her, I couldn't figure out what it was and I couldn't put a finger on it. And if my job was on the line and said, I need to know the reason you hired her or you're gone, I would have been gone because I don't know. Something just told me to do it. And we brought her in and we put her through our training program at Dell Tech. She was quickly one of the best production-wise, one of the best SDRs that team had ever seen. She blew out numbers and she was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm like, I can't. That's the little thing that makes you giddy inside as a leader. You're like, you spotted something and you couldn't even pinpoint it, but you knew something was there. This person has now grown into like a customer relations manager. She's got another big title that she's in. She's been there for two, three years now. She's just one of the prime examples of, I think Dash talked about this in his time with you, just taking a chance. You just got to give people a chance. They don't all have to come with you know a four-year degree and a sales pedigree and Sometimes those people don't even work out. It just depends on them and what their why is. And that's the first thing I ask them in an interview, besides their name, are you comfortable? You need water? Good. Okay, great. Tell me your why. Why are we talking today? What do you want out of this? What do you want to do? What's your long-term goal? What's your upfront goal? I know I'm not the first person to say this, but what is it? Goals without a plan is just a wish. So what's your goals? How are you planning on getting there? And what are you looking for long-term? Those are some of the questions that I ask in an interviewing process. And when people sit back and they don't have answers or they don't really know, or <laughs> those are the ones you kind of go like, where's their intention? What's their motivation for this? But the ones that go, man, I'm glad you asked. I want this. I want to buy a boat. I want this. I want to buy a house. I've got to get married or my fiance is going to go marry somebody else. I have things that I got to get done. This is my road to do it. And that's the fire. That's the thing inside that you know that's special. And that's what I want to harness that. I want to put it in the hearth and really let it build up. And I will help them do that. And their teammates will help them do that. It's a collaborative effort. We don't do it alone. None of this is a me. It's always we. Mm -hmm. You're asking them that frequently to see if it's still their why. And then what do we need to do to get you there? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And sometimes their why's change and that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. If your why changes, it's fine. Is it still this route? Is there still things you can learn to get to your new why? And sometimes that's where they sit back and go, you know, I don't think so. I think I've run the distance. I think this is kind of like the necktie. I think it's ran its course. You know, (laughs) I think I'm ready to step into something different and that's fine. No one is shackled to this role. No one is a kept person. This very much can be that launching pad for them if they want it to be. But if nothing else, they're not going to leave this role without learning a crazy, crazy, amazing skill set that they can take into just about anything. Whether they go open their own business, whether they go into marketing, you're still going to know how to talk to people. You're still going to know how to navigate a conversation. You're still going to know how to act, use active listening. And you're still going to know how to make sure you're delivering quality and value at the end of the day. Those are the things that I have to think about now. I don't think worry too much about tomorrow, 
but I make sure that they understand that their tomorrow is on my radar and I want to make sure I'm helping them get there. At Dell Tech, we had a sales development program that was like a was an 18 to 24 month program, depending on the person and their activities, there were certain benchmarks that made them, then they got to a point where they could give an actual sales presentation to the sales leadership team and go through the sales cycle, share their why, a good solid 20, 25 minute presentation to the leadership group, to the board. And if they felt confident, then they gave them kind of that blessing of, hey, you know what? This person has satisfied what we see. And I think we're all going to put our name on them and champion them to get them to that next role. I know other companies have similar models. I can't speak enough about it. I had not seen anything like that formulated and actually put in play until I got there. So that's something that I have carried on as I've moved on. So I just think there's a crazy amount of value. And for people that want to take those steps, I think you just got to enable them, give them the tools, give them the support, the coaching, and then give them some space to get it done. Yeah, it's amazing because I'm sure that some companies have this, but when I was coming through the ranks a million years ago, there was nothing like that. It was very vague. Like you just kind of came in and you didn't really understand what's my next step here? And am I ever going to get promoted or I'm just going to do this forever? And it's still there at a lot of companies, but you're basically like a cog in the machine and you're plugged in in order to be an SDR. And if you burn out or something, hey, we could just replace you with somebody else. Right. But I think the more forward-looking company, like Salesforce is really good about this. They have this very regimented academy, probably similar to what you're describing, where they take a green recruit and they'll stay at Salesforce for like 10 years doing a variety of different roles and things like that because they have that thought out. So that's an amazing experience. You want to protect the assets, right? You want to keep the talent in-house if you can. Never keeping them from what they want elsewhere, but giving them every reason to want to stay and grow where they're planted. One of the people on my team has a little sign at her desk, blossom where you're planted. It's something that I think I've got friends and relatives that are kind of job hoppers and they never really get to realize their full potential because they're always moving on to the next shiny thing. And I think those programs that are in place at Dell Tech and, and at Salesforce, as you said, and in other places, what I think it does truthfully is show the commitment to that role, the commitment to that individual, and definitely recognizes the fact that you're talented and you want to grow. We have a place for you here. Whether it's here, 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 you can stay with us and move on up. So that's a big push. That's a big swing. It wasn't like that 15, 20 years ago. You're qualified for this role or you're not, and you work here or you don't. And it's you know cross-pollinator to just kind of jump up and move over to this department was kind of a strange thing to do. So I think that it's excellent that companies have invested in the time to and the thought, the thought behind getting all that stuff done and putting those things in place for people. It's amazing. And and people are multidimensional. They have various strengths and weaknesses, you know, as a coach. And absolutely. They're looking for growth. And we just have to get with the program and realize that, you know, if you have a great diamond in the rough, like that was such a great story about Maggie, because Maggie, you could have gone through the interview and go, oh, she's too quiet. She can't do mm-hmm. it. Be an SDR. Yep. Next thing you know, she's knocking it out of the park. My question for you is, what's next for you as you bring all this together? It seems like you might be a lifer of sales development. Oh, I'm in. I don't (laughs) want to do anything else. I love sales development. I've been fortunate to really be in strong like or love with the companies I've worked for. I've never had a situation. I've never been part of a situation where I thought this company is bad or they're not honest or whatever. I'm from Dell Tech, Lumen, CenturyLink, Level 3, that being one company that... 
I was just putting some really good spots, good places, be it destiny, the universe, God, whatever it is. I would just tell you that certain doors open and it's up to you just to go through them. I'm here at 1-800-ACCOUNTANT and there's tons of room for growth here. And for me, it's got to be sales development. Maybe we expand the sales development team here and there's a new role I can step into and have another leader or more leaders behind me, maybe a senior sales development manager role like I was at Deltec. And I've been in different roles at different companies and had different functions, but I've learned so much along the way. There isn't a day wasted. I mean, some days are easy and some days are great. Some are hard and some days you just don't want to relive, but there's value and there's something to be taken from every single one of them. And I just think you have to be intentional about looking for those things. And you know what? Today was a hard day, but I learned something. My last director, I remember we had one conversation one day about something and it was a lot happening. I was like, wow, whew, big day. And he's like, yeah, but we learned a lot though, right? And I said, yes, we did. You know, And it's just one of those things where you're just perspective. Yeah, I would say every day, the side of the dirt is a good day. Now, what are we going to do with it? Good point. And it's almost like you're a teacher and your students might come back to you or you see them on LinkedIn. Absolutely. These days, you see Absolutely. them on LinkedIn. Oh, look what she's doing. Look what he's doing. And you've always got that network connection of it. And one thing, when I think about the role and how it expands, it's like, I like the term go-to-market. That's the new terminology for kind of everything from top of funnel to a lifelong customer. And really, the sales development professionals like you are right in the middle of that go-to-market funnel or whatever you want to call it. So it just opens up so many opportunities. Really does. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, I can't wait to see what happens. This is going to be amazing. I'm so glad that we're connected. And you came to the 10 bound conference. Did. I kind of was at 2017 or 2018. I don't recall. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I was on Ingo's team and I was living in Atlanta at the time within that office there. So I want to say it was a 2018 year. I think we went there. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So this year we got to get you out. We want to do something around Dreamforce when it comes to San Francisco. I don't have any set concrete plans, but hopefully we can get you out here again this year. Boy, would I love that. I need a trip. I need a trip. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Well, DK, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. I think SDRs, managers, all go-to-market professionals are going to get a lot of value out of this. So thank you. I hope so. And listen, I don't want to hijack any more time here because I know we've gone. So I just want to tell you, and this can't be said enough, what you've done for our community. You're on the Mount Rushmore for me. You really are. Mount Rush Sales Development. I'm so grateful for just the time you take to do the things that you do, the time you take to have these conversations and tap in and, and really learn from the other people in the community and share that broadly. You're an amazing conduit of information and you're such an ambassador for us. I'm really, really grateful for having met you and being a part of your little world for the last four or five years. So thank you. Oh man, thank you. We're just getting started. This is the first time I met you since 2018. So been a I minute. appreciate that. I had a full head of hair back then. So oh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. Just keep charging the hill, man. Just keep doing the things you're doing because you make a gigantic difference. You really do. Right on, DK. All right. We'll see you on the online. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.